0: Hello everybody, welcome to the MMA, MMA show, Matt's middle-aged mixed martial arts show Uh, Thank you for joining me, I appreciate it very, very much Uh, Proud to say, this here show set a listenership record last week Literally dozens, you heard that correctly, dozens of plays last week. So thank you very much for that. Hopefully we can keep you uh, entertained, in tune here as we talk MMA and all the news that uh, I happen to find interesting over the past week. I can't imagine anyone else does, but... Apparently dozens of you do, so we're going to keep this uh, party rolling, this train rolling. Keep the party alive. This past weekend, we had a UFC fight night. This was Derek Lewis versus Junior Dos Santos UFC on ESPN Plus number 4, a.k.a. UFC Fight Night 146 from Wichita, Kansas on March 9th. Attendance was 7265 Total gate of $636,000. In the main event, Junior Dos Santos defeated Derek Lewis by TKO at 158 of the second round. This fight made me sad. I am a big Derek Lewis fan. The Black Beast is in my top 10 favorite fighters uh, ranking list at this time. He did not look particularly good in this fight, and Dos Santos was quicker and the better striker and lit Lewis up. He hit like a spinning back kick to the the stomach solar plexus region on Lewis, and Lewis kind of crumpled, tried to fake JDS out, but uh, missed his shot a couple times, and Dos Santos was... Um, Able to just keep pouring it on Lewis, and Lewis didn't have much of an answer. wasn't really um, fighting back, and the ref stopped it. Sad day for Derek Lewis. Good win for Dos Santos. Um, Lewis's camp, his manager or trainer or coach or whatever is claiming that Lewis had a, a bad knee injury and could not train for this fight, headed into it. Uh, ACL tear, MCL tear. Um, his knee was just supposedly shot. Um, during the fight, it didn't look like Lewis was really limping much at all. Um, I'm not sure of the severity of Lewis's injury or if it's even legit or what, but, um, Dos Santos just looked like the better fighter here. It just is what it is. Um, and for me who, is, being a big Derek Lewis fan, it's kind of a, a bummer to, have him or his team come up with excuses. Oftentimes he's cited his back issues as a problem. I'm sure, I'm sure he has a bad back, but um seems like every time he loses or has a bad performance, he blames it on something, um, which I'm not a huge fan of. Like, man up, black beast, come on. Um, the rest of this show, <laughs> very little name value. The co-main, we had Elizu Zaleski Dos Santos defeating Curtis Melender with a rear naked choke at 235 of the first. Nico Price beat the crap out of Tim Means, uh, TKO 450 of the first. Ben Rothwell lost to Blagoy Ivanov in a unanimous decision. Uh, close fight, competitive, but nothing too exciting. Uh, Good win for Banal Dariush. He defeated Drew Dober with an armbar. Other than that, a lot of decisions on the prelims and not a ton of name value. Fight of the Night went to JDS versus Derek Lewis. And Performances of the Night went to Nico Price and Banal Dariush. And that is your UFC Fight Night review. Very brief to the point. Uh, this show will always be remembered for the sad defeat of the Black Beast. Uh, the biggest news breaking in MMA in the last couple days was the arrest of Conor McGregor. He was vacationing with his family in Florida. Uh, he had posted some pictures on Instagram, I believe, of him and... Uh, I think it's still his girlfriend. I don't think they got married. Uh, D Devlin there with the kid, and they're looking at alligators and stuff. Then later that night, I guess you could say the following morning around 5 a.m., he ended up getting arrested in Miami for essentially grabbing a fan's phone from him, uh, throwing it on the ground, smashing it, and then picking it back up and taking it. So he essentially... Stole a guy's cell phone is <laughs> what happened. Uh, it sounded like the guy was just trying to take a picture of McGregor, and McGregor flipped out, uh, probably up all night party- partying, not in the best frame of mind or the mood to have a picture of him taken. Um, it was right outside the Blue Miami Beach Hotel, uh, a real fancy place apparently, not the kind of place I'm allowed into, but um, just another... Sign that McGregor is losing his mind to a certain degree. You know, you've got him jumping in the cage at Bellator, uh, pushing a referee, um, the bus incident where he's throwing the dolly through the window. Um, they're not, you know, crimes where you're going to be locked away for years, um, but there's there's a pattern here of not great behavior. Um, and it, it's a bummer cuz McGregor when his head screwed on right is one of the greatest fighters in the world. It's like his last few performances he hasn't looked good. Um his it doesn't feel like his head is in the game. Um there's this dra- drama with um Donald Cerrone where he's supposed to have this fight with Cerrone, but he is refusing to take it cuz uh, he wouldn't be headlining the show. He'd be the co-main. Generally, the UFC likes to have uh, title fights as their main events on pay-per-view. And just his behavior when he he's not in the cage isn't the best. And it, you feel like the fame, the money, the partying... Um, it, it, it's hurting him in the cage, and it, it it's taking away from um, a guy who was an incredible fighter who knocked out Jose Aldo in 13 seconds, knocked out Dustin Poirier, uh, knocked out Chad Mendez. Um, that guy, it, it feels like we have a different guy now. Um, just the hunger, the focus, it's just not there anymore, and I think... That's not an indictment on him. I, I think a lot of people would have the same issue. It's hard to stay hungry, um, be a cage fighter when you're sitting on hundreds of millions of dollars, most likely. Uh, he's got that proper 12 money coming in. He's the highest paid fighter in the UFC. He's had their four of their top five buy rates of pay-per-views ever. I mean, the guy's a, a multimillionaire. I, I can see it being more difficult to focus on, you know, training every day and, you know, getting punched in the head every day. Um, But at the same time, it's like either do it or don't. Either go 100% and do it right um, or don't do it at all. At a certain point, the fans are going to get tired of it and feel like he's just jerking everybody around. Uh, I don't know if we're there yet, but you know, he, he desperately needs a win in the cage and needs to redeem himself. And it's like, even these little incidents, like I said, it's not, He shouldn't go to jail for smashing some guy's phone, but at the same time, don't be an idiot. Like just get it together and fight a couple more years. Then he can retire and, um, live a great life. And so can your kids, kids, you get so much money. Um, So, I mean, when I saw that story, part of me said, oh, it's no big deal. And then the other part of me is like, there's a pattern here where he just doesn't have his head in in the game and he's out of control. Um, So that's uh, the Conor McGregor story. I I can't imagine he would do any (laughs) jail time for this, but um, he's probably going to get sued. Um, He's being charged with felony, strong-armed robbery, and criminal mischief. Um he kind of sort of apologized online um so we'll we'll see what happens here with uh old Connor in other legal news uh Matt Hughes, who um you know is in some heat for domestic violence with his wife and his brother's kid um is apparently suing his brother now, uh, Mark, over the tractor that he apparently tried to set on fire. Uh, UFC Hall of Famer Matt Hughes is suing his twin brother over ownership of the farming equipment that spurred a restraining order. Against him, Hughes wants a judge to decide who owns the equipment and other personal property he claims is being held at Mark Hughes's residence. No monetary damages are named in the suit. Hughes v Hughes filed on March fifth in Montgomery County, Illinois. Um, a john deere eighty four ten tractor was at the center of a restraining order filed this past October by Mark Hughes against his brother, according to a written statement attached to the order. Obtained by MMA junkie Mark Hughes said his 15-year-old son Marshall was riding down a country road when Matt pulled his vehicle crossways in the road, causing my son to have to bring the tractor to a quick stop. Matt approached the tractor, and when my son got out of the tractor to ask his uncle what he needed, Matt physically assaulted my 15-year-old son by grabbing him and shaking him, all the while telling him that it's his effing tractor. Uh, Mark Hughes wrote that a nearby woman came to his son's aid and Matt Hughes left the scene one week later on September 30th, Mark Hughes arrived at one of his farming fields to discover his brother's tractor backed up to the tractor and gasoline poured on its fuel tank and on the ground. He said Matt had fled to his house and was talking to his wife. Well, I'm not sure if my brother's intent was to burn the tractor. Merely running a diesel engine with gasoline in the tank will destroy the engine, I called my wife, Emily, and asked her to keep my brother at our house until I got there. <laughs> when I got home, I met my brother in my driveway. While he denied everything. He had, to empty, he had two empty five-gallon buckets in the back of his truck. The buckets smelled like gasoline. One of the buckets had the lid missing. And I later found the lid laying next to the tractor. So apparently now Matt Hughes is suing for this tractor that he was trying to light on fire. Uh, Matt Hughes, of course, was in that train accident about a year ago, um, was in a coma for for weeks, um, obviously in rough shape, had a long fighting career, has had some uh, brain trauma, no doubt, um, may not be thinking clearly at this stage of his life. But you hate to see a guy, a legendary guy, Matt Hughes, have this sort of issue and drama he he's a guy who made millions of dollars and should be able to retire and live easy and you wonder if it was a train accident the fighting stuff if he's just not thinking properly um or maybe i mean i I don't know the situation obviously it's all conjecture on my part but you know sometimes stuff gets blown up I, i i don't know matt hughes has been known for not being the greatest human being on Earth throughout his college days and MMA career. Um, a lot of people think he's a bully, um, but there appears to be more drama now that he's suing his brother for the ownership of the tractor. Um, Hughes has also filed for divorce. He's got a restraining order out against him from his wife. Um, just a more of a rough patch for... Uh, you know, UFC Hall of Famer Matt Hughes, one of the greatest welterweights of all time. Um, in other welterweight news, Kamaru Usman is having surgery and could be out uh, for a while. He just won the, the welterweight championship and had to take care of a double hernia procedure in Philly Um He said, I thought this was going to be like... I had knee surgery before. I thought this was going to be like that. This ain't that at all. This shit is different. (sighs) Hot take by Kamara Usman. Knee surgery is different than double hernia surgery. No shit. (sighs) So what does this mean for the welterweight division? Who knows? There's no timetable yet for Usman's return. There had been conversation that Kobe Covington was going to get the next title shot, possibly Ben Askren. Nothing had been decided yet. Um, Usman is claiming he'll be back in no time, and we'll be putting a beating on you-know-who. Um, so I I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if the hernia occurred during the, his title win over Woodley, or if it was an injury he went into that fight with. If you beat... Tyron Woodley with a double hernia, that's pretty freaking impressive uh, if that's the case. I don't know how it happened. I'm guessing you could probably get a double hernia from trying to take Woodley down for 25 minutes too. Um, Either way, knowing the UFC, this will lead to another interim title fight. Um, Probably, I mean, if they did that, the most likely welterweight interim title fight would have to be Covington and Askren, which would be a hilarious fight just because of the buildup. I would watch that. Probably also be one of the most boring fights ever too. You know, both guys are going to try for takedowns. Um, That would be, or it'd be a bad kickboxing match, one or the other. Um, So it'll be interesting. It's obviously the timetable's going to be a factor here with Usman. If he's out for a few months, they'll probably run an interim title fight. That's just what the UFC does now. Um, I wish they had a a firm guideline there. Maybe, you know, if a guy can't defend his title for a year. Because a double hernia, you shouldn't be out for a year, you know. I think you'd be out of training three months maybe, depending on how severe it is. And if they put that mesh netting in there, hernias are nasty. They are not pleasant. Um, I would not want to have to go through that. Luckily, I uh, do no physical activity, so it's not an issue for someone like me. Uh, Another guy with some medical issues is Mickey Gall. He recently lost a fight to Diego Sanchez pretty handily. Uh, I think we had mentioned last week that he had trouble with his weight cut, but he went into more detail recently. Um, He said that... um, his body had shut down. Uh, his, He said, my kidneys were failing. Before the fight, I didn't really know. I could feel, I guess, looking back, you did, could tell a couple of warning signs, like something was going on. But I didn't go to the fight thinking, fuck it, whatever, it's just kidneys. I didn't really know. But when I got in the fight, I was zapped right away. I was zapped. I rewatched the fight. I'm like in slow motion. I remember struggling for balance, just trying to stay on my feet. It was crazy. Um and he had fainted, uh, like, the day of the, the weigh-in. Um, obviously, it's weird because Gall was talking about going to 155. This fight was at 170. Um, obviously, a, a lot of guys, a lot of fighters have trouble with big weight cuts. But this shouldn't have been a huge cut for Gall. He's made that weight his whole career. Um he said, in hindsight, I, I would have said something to the doctors to at least try and get my levels a little better, but hindsight is 2020. 20. At the point, here it is, we're there. I guess the excitement of making the weight and then the adrenaline of fight day, I didn't know anything was wrong. I didn't know for sure that anything was wrong. Um, he says he's fine, he's healthy now. Um, he's upset about the way the fight went, but um, he wants to come back and fight again. So hopefully he'll you know, keep the weight down and not try and do a, a giant weight cut the week of the fight. Um, because obviously that does not sound safe or a good way to get into the cage. Uh, <laughs> fainting with kidney failure. I mean, Diego Sanchez is old and his prime, but he's still a UFC fighter who is trying to kill you in there. Um probably want your internal organs functioning properly for that sort of thing. Uh, In completely different news, uh, the parent company of the UFC, Endeavor, formerly known as WME-IMG, has returned $400 million to Saudi Arabia in protest of um, the Jamal Khashoggi murder. Um, That was the journalist who apparently... (laughs) The the Saudis dismembered, uh, cut up his body because he, you know, wrote some stuff or spoke out against their government. Um, Endeavor had taken in an investment of four hundred million dollars from the Saudi government, um, but has returned that money. They sent it back to him. Uh, if you remember, a few months ago, WWE. Was, got a lot of bad press for running an event in Saudi Arabia and taking the money, but Endeavor decided they didn't want to do that, um, and you got to kind of respect it. Not taking millions of dollars from a shady despotic government is is a good play in my book, but it's obviously not easy to do. Four hundred million dollars is a lot of money, and. Um, Probably affects thousands of people who work for Endeavor. That's a lot of money just to churn away. Um, so good for them. Uh, apparently, uh, the money was meant to finance Endeavor's growth while diversifying Saudi Arabia's, Saudi Arabia's economy via the talent agencies work in sports, events, modeling, TV, and film. Um, in recent weeks, Emmanuel's, Ari Emanuel's firm... Endeavor returned the $400 million investment, effectively severing Endeavor's relationship with Saudi leaders, according to two people with knowledge of the transaction. Um, a spokesman for Saudi Arabia's public investment fund, which made the investment in Endeavor, did not respond to repeated requests for comment. Um, apparently, afterwards, Emmanuel was seen with multiple bodyguards. He... Apparently fears for his safety at this time, since they turned the money away. Like, the Saudis are going to put a hit out on him for returning this money. Um, that seems kind of crazy. Like, Emmanuel's a pretty big figure, and if he went missing, um, you would think the Saudis would be prime suspects. Um... uh, just wild it's wild like if you're going to take money from a government like Saudi Arabia's um, you better know what you're doing because afterwards you're so concerned that you need to get bodyguards to protect you when you just give them the money back you didn't say anything bad you didn't diss them you just kind of quietly return the money It's not like you didn't pay them back. You just gave it, you you paid them back, literally. And then you're scared for your life. It's like, I I could see if you took the money and didn't return it or didn't use it the way you said you were going to. um, But it's like you got a loan and you pay it back. And then you're scared they're going to kill you. Holy crap. It's crazy. Um, But Endeavor's definitely an outlier. There's a lot of businesses that have taken Saudi money as an investment and just kept it and taken heat for it. So good for good for Endeavor, good for Ari. I, I respect it and I hope he uh doesn't get his body sawed up as a result. Uh another person whose body has been sawed up in, in his last several fights is BJ Penn. Penn has not won a fight since 2010 when he defeated Matt Hughes. He is back again at UFC 237 in a fight against Clay Guida. BJ Penn should not be fighting in a cage anymore. We've known that for seven or eight years. He keeps coming back. He keeps getting his ass kicked. He, he's getting subbed by Ryan Hall in a few seconds. He's getting beat up by yeah Rodriguez. He can't beat Dennis Seaver. This is a, a sad, sad time because BJ Penn used to be a killer. Um, one of my favorite fighters ever. you got that iconic image of him winning that fight where he licks the blood off his gloves. Like, straight up killer. Legend. But everybody gets old and sometimes the game changes and the sport advances and you need to step away. And BJ Penn is certainly at this point uh, where he needs to step away, retire, hang up the boots, Leave the gloves on the mat. But um there's rumors that this is he is calling this his farewell fight. He's 40 years old. Um Clay Guida's an older guy. He's been around forever as well. He's 37, but has been more active um and has looked much better in the last nine years than PJ Penn has. Um I, I don't see this fight going well for Penn if he can't be Seaver or Ryan Hall he's gonna have a really rough time with Clay Guida who's probably just gonna light him up standing um I mean Guida's known for his wrestling and going for takedowns and ground and pound but I, I can't even imagine him bothering to take this to the ground he should be able to light up Penn on the feet just based on Penn's recent performances so um I wish BJ Penn was already retired I don't like this fight for him it's a bad idea um but I'm uh, in no position to uh, get Penn to retire. That's not my job. Uh, the UFC should probably tell him he shouldn't fight anymore. Um, I mean, he retired years ago and is in the UFC Hall of Fame and gave a retirement speech years ago. Um, and we're still here in 2019. <sighs> Hope. Hope it doesn't he doesn't suffer any serious damage because of it. I like BJ. Hey, I think he's a legend and it bums me out that he's still fighting. Uh we have a flyweight women's title fight coming up. Valentina Shevchenko is gonna defend against Jessica Evil Eye at UFC 238. Uh, that's June 8th in Chicago, Illinois. Um, Shevchenko's 16 and 3, uh, coming off a win against Yohanny and Jacek. Uh, been competitive with Amanda Nunes in the past, uh, a much bigger fighter and possibly the best women's fighter ever. I is now 14 and 6. Um, she had lost like five or six straight in the UFC, um, has had a few decision wins recently. Let's look up Jessica I. Um, because she had a real real rough patch there where she couldn't buy a win and looked awful in almost all of her fights um but the flyweight division women's flyweight division is very young in the u f c um there's not a lot of fighters there's not a lot of name value um I went had a streak where she went one in five uh even with a split decision loss to betch Kohea. But now she's won three in a row. Two of them are split decisions, and one's a unanimous decision. Um, so, not exactly the most impressive three fight win streak when you've got two split decision wins, like you eke them out barely. Uh, but that's the state of the women's flyweight division. So, um, Sivchenko will probably. L- light eye up. Like, I can't even imagine that fight will be competitive, but that's why you have him. I mean, eye's probably got a little bit of a height and reach advantage over Shevchenko, I'm guessing. She's 5'6". I don't see her reach here. Oh, 66 inches. Let's see Shevchenko. Shevchenko is... Uh, Shivchenko, 67-inch reach, and she's 5'5", five five. so oh, oh, virtually identical uh, <laughs> with the reach and height. So I I guess I won't have much of an advantage even there. So um, if you're going to bet on this fight, bet on Shevchenko. I mean, she's probably going to be a heavy favorite anyway, so I, I wouldn't recommend betting on it, but... Gun to your head. Somebody says you got to bet on this fight, bet on Shevchenko. Uh, this coming weekend, we have another fight night. This one is on ESPN Plus. So if you don't have ESPN Plus, you cannot see these fights. You got to get the app. Um, I think it's five bucks a month, it's nothing, nothing crazy. Uh, this show is taking place at the O2 Arena in London, England. Uh, the main event is Darren Till versus Jorge Masvidal, two ranked welterweight fighters. I believe Till is ranked third at the moment, and Masvidal is ranked ninth in the UFC. Um, interesting fight. Till's gonna probably outweigh Masvidal by, jeez, fifteen pounds in the cage. Till's a Till is a big, big welterweight, strong dude. Decent striker, not much of a ground game at all. We saw that in the Woodley title fight. Woodley just destroyed him on the ground. Um, Las Vidal's a veteran, been around forever. He used to fight in backyards with Kimbo back in the day. Has also fought at one fifty five, so he's a small welterweight. Um, technically, great. Technically, he's a good fighter. Um, he's a better technical striker than Till. It's just going to be a question of. Till's power. Can he avoid that power? Kind of stick and move, get in and out. Um, Masvidal's coming off two straight losses against Damian Maia, which was a split decision that was super competitive, and then a unanimous decision loss to Stephen Thompson. Um, that was back in 2017. Masvidal didn't fight at all in 18, uh, but had wins over Cerrone, Ellenberger, and Ross Pearson before it. So, it, it'll be interesting. Can he... Kinda play it safe and outpoint Till, have more output. It's a five-round fight. Could Till get tired, or is Till just gonna land that big shot? Come in like a bull in a china shop and you know overpower Till, uh, overpower Masvidal. That that's the question. Um, Till's obviously the younger guy, less shop-worn. Um, it'll be interesting. Yeah. This fight could be similar to the Cerrone fight where Till is just too big and strong because Masvidal is kind of similar in Cerrone that way. Good striker, undersized at 170, a um, little bit older, been in a lot of fights. Um, for some reason, though, I feel like Masvidal has got it. I'm, I'm picking Masvidal. Unanimous decision in this one. Um Komen is Leon Edwards versus Gunnar Nelson, another good welterweight fight. Uh, Leon Edwards is currently number 10 in the UFC welterweight rankings. He's won, believe it or not, six straight fights all in the UFC. Um, Dominic Waters, Albert Tumanoff, Vicente Luque, Brian Barberina, Peter Sabata, and Donald Cerrone. Um, so a good run there for sure. He hasn't fought since June of 18. Um, Gunnar Nelson's more known as a submission guy, trains with Conor McGregor, I believe he's from Reykjavik, Iceland, if memory serves me, Um, really good on the ground, coming off a win against Alex Cowboy Oliveira with a rear naked choke uh, back in December, so he's staying pretty active, fighting again in three months Um, good fight good fight here, Gunnar Nelson's a, a real guy, so is Leon Edwards um Gunner Nelson's currently ranked 13th as a welterweight. Um, I don't know. It's a tough fight. Um, Edwards is probably the better striker. Nelson's going to be better on the ground. Um, this'll be competitive. This'll be a good competitive fight. I don't know if it's going to be super exciting. Neither um, guy really has a lot of knockout power. Um, could be kind of kind of dull, but um we'll see. Talented guys, both of them. Um we're gonna go we're gonna go Leon Edwards, unanimous he decision. He's gonna outpoint Nelson on the feet. Uh at light heavyweight, fun fight. This'll probably end with somebody getting knocked out or finished. Volkan Ustamir versus Dominic Reyes. Um, Ustamir, former title challenger to Daniel Cormier. I think he's coming off two straight losses now. Let's see. Yeah, he's got the loss to Cormier and the loss to Anthony Smith. Um, he looked decent in the Anthony Smith fight, just got tired. Uh, and Dominic Reyes is the 8th-ranked light heavyweight in the world, undefeated at 10-0, and coming off wins against Jared Cannoneer and OSP. Um, Reyes, I mean, if he gets the win here, I would love to see a fight with him and Johnny Walker. Um that, I mean, the winner of this might get Johnny Walker next. That that fight would make sense. If Volkan could get a, a good win here, get back in the win column, um, him and Johnny Walker would make sense, or Reyes and Walker would make sense. Um, again, I, I don't want to see Walker Gustafson. I think that fight's too soon for Walker. Um, the winner of this should fight him. Uh, also on the card, Nathaniel Wood versus Jose Alberto Quinones. Danny Roberts vs. Claudio Silva. Jack Marshman vs. John Phillips on the prelims. uh, Mark Diakisi vs. Joseph Duffy is an interesting fight. Two good strikers. Um, Duffy uh, once beat Conor McGregor in Europe back in the day. Um, The rest of these prelims, no one cares. Sorry if I hurt anyone's feelings, but that is the truth. In other news that I found interesting, that was the MMA portion of the show. So thank you for hanging in there. We're moving quickly here, making good time, uh, trying to keep this show rolling here. Mitt Romney had a birthday. Apparently, Mitt Romney's favorite food is hot dogs. And his favorite dessert, cake, treat are Twinkies. Get a, a birthday cake made of Twinkies from his Senate office staff. Um, Romney seems like a, a decent guy, seems like a good guy. I'm not super religious, I'm not Republican either, but he seems like a decent human being in the scheme of things, not an evil, evil man. Um, but his choice in food is pretty twisted bordering on evil hot dogs are gross everybody no one knows what they're made of they're a weird shape last time i had one was when i was five years old i puked i have not gone back they smell weird they're a weird texture like if one of your favorite foods is hot dogs you you got problems you do like you're you're mentally disturbed then on top of it His favorite cake is a Twinkie. Like, that's the bottom of the barrel. That's of cake treats. Of cake. Twinkie? Come on. Little Debbie stuff is better than that. That's cheap. Like, oatmeal cream pies. Crush a Twinkie. Fudge rounds. Better than a Twinkie. I would take those dry devil dogs over a Twinkie. Twinkies are nasty. They're the hot dog of desserts. Gross. Terrible. Swiss um Swiss cake rolls better than a Twinkie. How about like a real cake? How about real birthday cake that somebody makes from scratch? Doesn't even have to be like ace of cakes. Doesn't have to be like amazing. Just a regular old birthday cake is better than a Twinkie. Ice cream cake, Carvel, Fudgy the Whale. I would take almost any other dessert. I I go gluten-free before I go Twinkie. Make it with almond flour. You're better off than eating a Twinkie. Twinkies are gross. And the fact that Mitt Romney twinkies and hot dogs over any other food it makes me realize that it's a good thing he did not become president he also blew out the candles very strangely on this cake he took out each candle individually and blew them out and I don't know if that was so he wouldn't like blow onto the cake like get spit on the cake, you know, those scenes where, you know, the little kid blows out the candles and spit goes everywhere. Usually when you're an adult, you can kind of control your spit. I mean, I have a hard time. I have stringy saliva. That's what's caused a lot of my cavities. My dentist once told me, but like you kind of, you know, swallow your spit a little bit and then you blow the candles out gently. You don't have to get spit all over the cake. I have never seen anyone take out every candle individually from a cake. Like he had the happy birthday letter candles on the cake. So he had to take out like, I don't know a happy birthday. How many letters are in that? I can't count like that, but like a dozen candles at least takes them out individually and blows each one out. Super awkward, super weird, gross cake, weird way to blow out your candles. Utah, Utah, Citizens of Utah, people living in Utah, I I would dissuade you from voting for Mitt Romney again, just based on these facts alone. Don't even worry about the politics, the religion. Um just you can't vote for a guy who blows out candles individually and loves Twinkies and hot dogs. It's it's ridiculous. He's gonna be their senator for another five years. Bad decision, Utah. Ends. What do you call people from Utah? Utahians? Cause it's like Bostonians. There's Haitians. Utah ends Utes? The two Utes. I'm going to call people from Utah Utes. Like Joe Pesci and My Cousin Vinny. Top five comedy of all time, by the way. I implore the Utes from Utah not to vote for Mitt Romney. He likes hot dogs and Twinkies. He doesn't know how to blow out candles. In other news, um, the story caught my eye. A man is accused of gouging out his grandmother's eyes during a fight in Long Island. Uh, No, this man was not John Jones, known for poking people in the eyes. Uh, This guy's name is Michael Grief. He was arrested on three counts of violent assault. In court, officials said the incident was a result of a dispute with Grief's 78-year-old grandmother, Sheila Grief, in the home they share on Lincoln Ave on February 19th. Authorities say the fight started after he overdrew her debit card by $1,000. She ran to a neighbor's house for help. Moments later, prosecutors say he followed her outside and pressed his fingers into her eyes, one at a time, causing the globe of each eye to rupture. Neighbors became aware of the assault and called police. She was taken to Stony Brook University Hospital where she underwent eight hours of surgery. Doctors say she has less than a 1% chance of regaining her sight. What the F is going on? Can you imagine attacking your grandmother? I can't. And then on top of it, it's like you don't like just rough her up, slap her, or you know, choke her. You permanently blind your grandmother because she gave you shit about overdrawing her own debit card. You steal from your grandmother, then you poke her eyes out. <laughs> what? Your grandma. Your Grammy. Your granny. Your Mimi. You poke her eyes out? John Jones wouldn't even do that. Who does that? I I I can't imagine laying a hand Okay, let's back up. If you're a man, don't don't hit another man, generally, unless it's self-defense. So the next step would be hitting a woman. Very bad. Worse than hitting a man, most people consider. Then the next step would be maybe, like, hitting, like, a sister, like a family member, somebody closer to you than just a, a, a strange woman. Then would probably be hitting your mom, would be the next step up. Then the next level... Would be your grandmother. She's related to you. She gave birth to one of your parents. And she's wicked old. And not only do you not hit her, but you steal from her and then gouge her eyeballs. So she's blind forever. What the hell? This guy has some issues. Prosecutors say that when he he was told what he did, he simply shrugged and said, so... He seemed apathetic toward the situation. This is an individual who we consider dangerous and we have to take all appropriate action, District Attorney, Attorney Timothy Sini said. Officials said he does not have any prior arrest, but he does have a history of mental illness and had been admitted for care when he was younger. You think this guy's mentally ill? I think so. Uh, this guy... Should be on some meds or be uh, in some sort of mental facility. Uh, a neighbor said, uh, I heard yelling and screaming sometimes. They would fight and stuff. And then one of the neighbors that lived here years ago said they would always fight. Um, so apparently this guy and his grandmother have had issues in the past. But uh, sad story. You know, you never want to see uh, your Mimi get beat up and blinded by their grandchild. I'll um, probably have a talk with my kids about this later. Speaking of kids, (laughs) now, I I don't uh, have a gun in my home. Uh, I think they're dangerous. But whatever. I I would always fear my kid... Uh, somehow getting a handle on the gun and hurting themselves with it. Uh, I wouldn't be able to live with myself if that happened, and it's always been my main concern with having a gun. Uh, This kid, uh, 11-year-old, shot Trooper Dad as he slept for taking video games away. An 11-year-old boy reportedly shot his own father, an Indian state police trooper, following a dispute about video games, according to documents. Uh, The state trooper's son devised a plan to shoot his dad with his service gun while he was at school that day because he was done with all of that and wanted it to end. The trooper said he keeps his gun locked in his car so his kids wouldn't have access to it. The boy allegedly said he went to his dad's car three different times to look for the gun. When he finally got it, he took the weapon into his parents' room where they were sleeping. He waited about 10 minutes until his dad rolled over and was facing away from the door. Then he fired one shot into his backside. I'm guessing backside means ass. When the trooper started screaming, his wife went to look for the boy and she saw him going upstairs with a gun and a taser. The trooper is still recovering from the shot and is said to be steadily improving. The boy allegedly told investigators after the shooting that if he didn't get his video games, there would be a part two, and said he wanted to shoot his dad in the head but couldn't because of the way he was laying down. He said he also tested the taser on the family's dog before the shooting. The 11-year-old is now facing charges of attempted murder in juvenile court. His next court date is set for April 10th. I have a daughter who's 11, a son who's 5. Um, they like video games. Uh, there's been times where I've used uh, the video game as a punishment. Like, I, I say, you know what, you can't play Mario or Fortnite or whatever uh, for the next day because, you know, you did whatever. Um, and now, like, i I'm, I'm glad we don't have a gun in the house i I kind of want to hide all our knives lock our all our knives away just in case the kids are so upset they try and kill me over it like eleven like eleven year old knows enough that that guns are dangerous they shouldn't be playing with them that sort of thing uh and the dad had them locked in his police car. Like, they were locked up, apparently safe. This guy uses guns all the time. He's a professional. Somehow his son managed to get a hold of this gun and shoot him in the ass with it. And he also managed to get the dad's taser out of the car and tase the dog with it. Obviously, this kid has some issues, clearly. This is not normal behavior for a child of any, any age. But still, it makes me feel better about my choice not to have a gun in the house, just in case... I have to take away Mario Kart just in case I feel safer. Um, I'm going to have to hide like the the knives and and the mallets and maybe like a hammer. Hammer could be a problem. I have a saw in the basement. It's just a handsaw. There's a drill down there. Maybe uh one of the little ones would try and get the drill and drill me if I take the games away. Might have to hide more stuff, but at least I don't have to worry about a gun getting shot. That's a plus. Uh, On that note, everyone, uh, that's the show for this week. This was a quick one. I got to run. I got a few errands I got to do here today. But I appreciate you joining me here for the program. Hopefully, we can get up, uh, get a few more listeners. This has been the MMA MMA show. Matt's middle-aged mixed martial arts show. You can check us out on all your listening platforms. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. You can listen on Anchor. That's um, the program I use to record this great program. Um, There's also an Instagram page, MMA MMA Show. There's a Twitter, MMA MMA Show 1. Somebody else actually has MMA MMA Show. I couldn't get that. So it's MMA MMA Show 1 if you can believe that um but besides all that i appreciate the time i can't believe anybody actually listens to this uh you people uh are apparently damaged as am i so thank you very much i appreciate it and we will be back next week thank you and i will talk to you again soon bye -bye.